Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Actually, could you say that again for the podcast? Because that's actually a really great place to start for us. Wait, you're not a hot mess? What was it? I'm a spicy disaster. <laughs> you're like the Dijon of, mess, of messes, right? I'm the great poupon. <laughs> Classy, but with extra spice. <laughs> Ooh la la. My oh, struggle is real. So anyway, welcome to the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amina. If I sound exasperated, it's because of technical issues prevented me from starting the podcast how we wanted to, but... Amanda so kindly got me a birthday present, and I opened it, and it's the Queer Eye um, Lego set, and I cannot wait to put it together. I'm so excited. You're going to love it, because she got me the exact same thing, and I love mine. Okay, great. Yeah, and I've seen it put together, obviously, because at your house. And it's awesome. I can't wait. And But it's so fun to build. Oh, my God. And and you play with your little yes. caramels and etnies while you're putting it together. And you sit them down. And you're like, okay, I'm going to build your couch now. <laughs> oh, that's just me. No, no, no. It's not just you. Okay. okay. Do you remember back in the day when pizzas used to come with that little white plastic circle Oh, that thingy? was a table. Yes. Barbie table, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. 100%. So, it, Totally agree. I also used to have the the big old bucket of Legos. Just the the that's what Legos were when we oh, were. Oh yeah, they were big younger. buckets. We didn't have Lego sets. No, the Are sets you? were pretty rare, and mainly for boys too. Oh yeah, there were mean? no girl Legos. No, so they've done a phenomenal job of everything that they're doing. So I personally want the Nintendo Lego set, where it's the yes. classic. Nintendo and the old school TV. The NES, yes. Uh huh. I want that set real bad. And then also, every year I build a gingerbread house. Oh, I didn't at, know that. Yes. And I personally want the Lego gingerbread set so I can just pull it out of my Christmas decorations and set it on the counter and not have to build the frosting candy gingerbread version every year because it's just makes a mess and really like my kids aren't small anymore (laughs) I don't have grandkids I want to build the lego one and pull it out of the closet and set it on the counter yeah and they also have a elf house that is adorable oh yes okay I think I've seen that I've seen that one Okay, yeah, that one's really cool. Oh my gosh. Well, oh, let me hold it up. So if you're on our Patreon, you'll see this on our video. Hold up. Here it comes. Here's the Lego set. That's the back. And that's the front. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I am so excited. You guys have no idea. We were actually just talking and wondering if like, and I don't know if anybody out there knows this or works for the company that does this, but you know, do the people get to decide what they look like as Legos? Because, you know, when they make a Barbie after you, you do have some say in it, from what I understand. Not because I'm a Barbie, by any means. I mean, when they made my Barbie, I got to pick out exactly what she looked like. 
the only reason I know that is because do you remember the show on whatever network it was where it was a Kimora Lee Simmons? Oh yeah. Yeah. And they had a Barbie maid. She had her Barbie maid. And then, you know, they were like, what do you think about this or this? You know, and she's like, Oh, I like this and that, you know, she was literally designing it. Did she just have a Barbie maid because she wanted a Barbie maid or did Barbie make a Barbie after her and sell it to the people? You know, I don't know the actual which way it went. How the show made it look was that Barbie made it for her, but it may have gone the other way. Like, you know, like the paparazzi all of a sudden in quotes showing up at a restaurant when in actuality they, they, they or their publicist called and said, oh, so-and-so is going to be at Lindsay Lohan is at... N- yeah no, nobu nobu tonight god that is a 2007 eight reference did you hear lilo got married yeah okay i i used to really kind of be obsessed with her in a weird way like that's real weird because no. she's never been the most popular of the celebrity no 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 yeah and, and that's why i said in a weird way because like i used to love her hair you know i was like oh my god she's got gorgeous hair and then i was like she's got a great body now this was Mean Girls era, pre her doing all those drugs and then her body just being destroyed by them. But yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. I don't know. For me, I'm just kind of like, I, I'm kind of, in the state of the world as it is right now, it doesn't feel as good to keep up with celebrity lives because you just start to see all the bullshit and the disparity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kim K's like during COVID, oh, I'm on my own private island. We're self-quarantining. It's like, uh, yeah, because you have money to have a private island. Like, what the hell? So don't get me started on the Kardashians because I really dislike them immensely. So, yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? Hey, if you like them, cool. They're just not our They're not my cup of tea. Yeah. But thank you so much. I can't wait. I'm going to put it together later. I am so glad I went that route instead of the other route, because <laughs> that would have been a... <laughs> I would have loved him no matter what. I really appreciate it. I got a story for you. Okay, great. Let's get into it. Grab your woobies, because I'm going to tell you about Chrissy Lynn Caldwell and Bobby Gonzalez. Ooh, I already like the two names. This is going to be a good one. So they were high school sweethearts in Frisco, Texas. There it is. Bringing it back to Texas. I was going to say, this is some southern ass names. So which state is it? Texas. Texas. So we all know what it's like when you have your first love and you're in high school and you're at that sweet and tender age of 15. Remember that? I try to remember it every day because life was simpler for some reason. You're in love. You will do anything for each other. You will protect each other from the cruelty of the world, like the bullies and the abusive parents. Mm -hmm. But what would you do when one set of parents doesn't agree with the relationship because of the race of half of the couple? Oh, no. You sneak around and you still see each other, of course. That's... Yeah. That's what kids do that's what i did yeah if your parents say no you go cool and then you do it anyway you go cool i'm staying at sally's house tonight see ya i'll sleep over yeah well you're if you're chrissy you take things just a scotch further 
Chrissy decided she wanted her parents dead and planned the double murder of her mom and dad. Jeez. Why is this... Why? I, Sarah, the other girl I did was like this. You know, like, what in the in the deal? Okay. Let's let's go see what Chrissy this has decided to do. And but here's the thing. She didn't want to be the one to pull the trigger. Um so that's where her boyfriend Bobby comes in. And so she wanted she wanted him and she needed him to pull the trigger. So how do you convince a 15-year-old to murder for you? I'm going to go with sex. Alex, what is sex? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, Bobby was not the murderer by nature, nature. Um, so Chrissy had to manipulate him into committing this crime. And Chrissy told Bobby that her father was sexually abusing her and her mom wouldn't do anything about it. Oh my god. Chrissy lied and told Bobby, shit pothole everyone, this is a big, big, big SP. Chrissy told Bobby that her dad put a hot curling iron in her cooter coop. Oh my God, honey. Okay. First off, don't ever, ever wrongly accuse anyone of that. That is the, one of the worst things you could ever do. It gives all women who are sexually abused. Correct. Actual, like, that's why they don't believe women. Exactly <laughs> because right. of that. So, you know, as much as we would like to believe all women, we really can't. We have to, to take because them case by case. people like Chrissy. Exactly. And also, honey, if you're going to lie about it, Come on. And Bobby. Sweetie. You really believe that? And you can't but tell you know me what? that they haven't had sex and wouldn't he have noticed? Like, that's scar tissue. But also, Bobby's only 15. You're a 15 year old boy. True. You're in love. You would do anything for this girl. And also, think about like sex education and, you know, it's terrible. So, and sex how is education he to in the know? state of Texas is stupid. Yeah. It's abstinence, okay? And that explains the laws, doesn't it? <laughs> hmm. So, um, I mean, and honestly, like at 15, your brains are not fully. That's true. Developed. Developed. So I can see how Bobby thinks he's in love with her. He's been told that her dad is doing this to her. And she's sneaking around behind her parents back and still seeing him. Mm -hmm. So there's this extra devotion to her for her running the risk of getting caught or still seeing him when she's not supposed to. Yeah. So, um, he's going to do he, what he can to protect her. Mm -hmm. So Chrissy actually had a history of wishing her mom was dead and telling her friends how great it would be if her parents were dead and she inherited their money. Now, I don't know how much money the Caldwells had, but I'd be willing to bet it probably wasn't even as much as Chrissy thinks it was. Because, you know, when you're 15, you think that your parents have all this money when they probably don't. Oh, yeah, it's so true. Well, you're right. What is that about? That's so weird. Like, you're like, oh, they're fine. They'll be fine. Like, one time my mom gave me a credit card for emergency purposes only. Yeah, that was a mistake. Like, I went out. This is what I did, though. I went out and took my friends to Mr. Gaddy's. <laughs> if that ain't some high school ass shit right there. Uh, yeah. We all got pizzas on the unlimited and you better believe we played as many games as we want. Suck it, parents. <laughs> got back at their asses. You spent a whole 30 bucks. 
Well, yeah. That, needless to say, <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't able to use that card anymore, but um, yeah. But y'all had a great time at Gaddyland. We had a phenomenal day. So, Bobby being who he was and wanting to protect Chrissy from the abuse she allegedly was facing from her father, he then, that's when he agreed to kill her parents. And Chrissy is the one that came up with the plan for the murders, and she's the one who stole her father's gun so Bobby could commit the murders. So, March 7th, 1992, Bobby snuck into the Caldwell home and shot Rosalind Caldwell, age 41, and Vernon Buzz Caldwell, age 42, killing Rosalind and critically injuring Buzz. That's a great name. That's a great name. Buzz. Vernon Buzz? Yeah. Get out of here. Well, it was Vernon and Buzz in quotes, so that was like a nickname. That's a, still. Only in Texas oh. are you getting a Vernon Buzz Caldwell <laughs> yes. with a daughter named Chrissy Lynn. God, that is so true. So, but here's the thing. Both Bobby and Chrissy's cases were moved from the juvenile court system into the adult court oh, system. Even though both, even though Bobby was 15 at the time and Chrissy was only 16. Bobby was being tried for murder and Chrissy was being tried for soliciting murder. Okay, so that's what we call hiring a hitman, essentially. I mean, she didn't hire him, but she solicited him to murder her parents. Got it. So, both teens were found guilty of their charges. Surprise, surprise. They were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Ooh. At 15 and 16 okay. years old. So, this is where I part with where the, how the law goes hard, hard, hard on murder. Because, again, I, I, I think that, yes, they do need time. But they're children. I'm going to go on my soapbox here at the Please. end. Okay. I, I have a soapbox at the end. Got it. Okay. But I'm going to get through my story first. No, yeah. Because I have feelings about this. Mm -hmm. So back in 1992, courts, judges, juries, lawyers, and the whole human population didn't look at extenuating factors such as brain development, emotional trauma. In the public, the lawmakers, the prosecutors, and even Buzz himself saw the teens as quote-unquote dangerous kids that needed to be, serve adult time. And Buzz fully supported the prosecutor's decision to try the kids as adults. Mm. And Buzz testified against Bobby and his own daughter, Chrissy. He even said, and I quote, I was out for blood. After the trial and sentencing, Buzz said, and I'm quoting, I walked out of the courtroom just as angry as I walked in. After that, he had a change of heart and allowed himself to per forgive both of the kids. And Bud has said, and I quote, it was easier for me to forgive Bobby. Bobby wasn't unknown to me. I felt like Bobby was led into this crime. Had it not been for Chrissy, he would have never been involved. That's, yeah. Seems like it. Almost 10 years after the murder... Buzz started visiting Bobby in prison, and the two have an amicable relationship today. Wow. So, Bobby feels an immense amount of remorse for what he's done, and he hopes one day to get an early release from prison. 
See, in 2012, Miller versus Alabama and Jackson versus Hobbs, the Supreme Court held that people under the age of 18 sentenced to mandatory life without parole violates the Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment states that excessive bail should not be required, not excessive fines imposed, nor cruel or unusual punishment inflicted. Once the Supreme Court passed this ruling, incarcerating incarcerated juveniles all across the country started filing for resentencing hearings. Absolutely. Because it determined that life without parole for a juvenile is cruel and unusual punishment. Because it is. Yeah, absolutely. So Bobby reached out to um, Elizabeth Henneke. She's with Lone Star Justice Alliance. It's a nonprofit that works with adults that entered the adult prison system as juveniles as well as um, challenging the inequalities that disproportionately impact people of color in the legal system. Actually, you'll need to go check out their website and go support the work that the Lone Star Justice Alliance is doing in the legal system. But anywho, Bobby reached out to Elizabeth to represent him in his resentencing after the Supreme Court decision because in Texas... There are no public defenders for appeals and resentencing, unlike in other states. What? So if you want to appeal your sentence, you have to hire an attorney. Oh, my God. Well, no wonder people can't or won't. Because who has money for an attorney? Especially when you're in prison. Oh, my God. Our state laws are fucking nefarious, man. So Elizabeth was ready to take on Bobby's case and represent him. Um at his resentencing, but then the great state of Texas ruled that any resentencing had to be filed within a year. And so she had to call Bobby in prison and tell him she couldn't take on his case. And But Bobby eventually did get his case reviewed. Um, I don't know when, but I did see that he is eligible for parole in 2027. Okay. So... Fingers crossed, you know. There's actually more info out there on Bobby on the interwebs because his story is featured on an episode of Kids Behind Bars, Life or Parole, which is actually where I found his story because I was binging this show on Hulu. <laughs> I think it's an amazing show and I actually am very um, passionate about juveniles in the system and I'm gonna go in my soapbox here in a minute warning you guys um but it looks like um Chrissy is was able to get a resentencing as well because according to the Texas Department of Criminal Justice the inmate page lookup she's still serving a life sentence but she's eligible for parole in 2027 as well okay great but when you google Chrissy's name, the very first web page that pops up is her write an inmate profile. So that was a gift from the Sky Fairy. Oh, you wrote her? No. Ooh. But I did look up her profile. Interesting. Let me pull that up real quick. Let me read that to you because this is some goodness. It was like a gift. open that bad boy up 
<clears throat> oh, and there's photos. Oh. She took these photos like she was in a Glamour Shots photo shoot. Oh, my gosh. Soft focus, some feather boas, a jaunty hat. Look at this Oh, one. she sure did. Get it. You know, hey, <laughs> live your life, I guess. <laughs> so it says, hello to all. This year, I have decided to give myself a gift, dot, 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 a chance. Having arrived in the adult prison system after being certified to stand trial as, as an adult at 16, there's always been a weight of shame and a list of reasons I've had for not believing in second chances. But beliefs can change, exclamation point. That's the beginning of this. So it's like a whole, like, so basically, like, this is like her blog. It's like a blog. It's her, she's reeling you in to write her so she'll manipulate you into sending her money and be her sugar daddy. Okay, wait, okay. To so, send her money for noodles. New, I like how you corrected yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what guys write it for. Here's your noodle money. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, so this website. Look how fast. Look. This is like what a social media website so you can write prisoners. Writeaprisoner.com. And they have like a whole. Yeah, she has a whole. Oh, and she's Chrissy with an I, y'all, and a K, by <laughs> the way. Okay. So, what look the how hell? long this is. She, Contact oh. Chrissy now. You can literally. She's a Libra. Oh my she's god. She's not willing to, re- to correspond with people outside the U.S. Um, oh, marital status. It says she's divorced. <gasps> Wait, what? Do you think she got married in prison? Yes, I do. I wish I'd seen that sooner because I would have gotten the tea on that. I would have gone to, um, the county the website records. and gotten the marriage divorce records. Hell it yeah. Says she's Jewish and bisexual. What? <laughs> Just, what? <laughs> She's a bisexual divorced Jew. What is her family Jewish? What? What? Are they Jewish? I don't know. I feel like she's literally just throwing up like adjectives she finds online, you know, onto her profile. She's like, "Oh, that looks good. That's cute. I'll take that too." I like. I'd love to meet single men who are interested in friendship while being active and involved in my life on a consistent basis. I'm fun and mischievous. mischievous mischievous on one hand and determined and serious on the others we ladies are an internal contradiction exclamation point okay let me let me tell you something right now that is a very uh coded way of saying yeah we can totally like sex write each other write sexy letters to each other you know like i'm fun and mischievous like come on girl (laughs) just say look you send me yours i'll send you mine (laughs) We'll just write each other, okay? Right? Man, this is, that is a gold mine. You're right. How many other prisoners are on this site? Is it literally like, I, I guess you can say a social media site for it's, writing prisoners? Yes, it's to find prisoners that want to have pen pals outside oh of jail. Gosh, I'm not saying people shouldn't be written to. I mean, there's a lot of actually really good, decent people in prison right now. Some are innocent. But... This is just a bridge too far, you know? So, 
That was a thing. <laughs> that, that happened. <laughs> I want everyone to go watch the episode about Bobby because I actually don't think he deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life. And he actually should be out on parole now. Um, I feel like adult murderers have received more lenient sentences than Bobby has received. But I don't think Chrissy should be out of prison. Um, I think she is a she was a great master manipulator at age 16. So imagine how well she has honed that fine tool being in prison around other prisoners and criminals. I mean, she doesn't have a prison pen pal page because she wants to meet people. She has it to manipulate people out of their money. To put money in her books for her noodles or whatever. To put money in a bank account for for when she can get out. Now that she's eligible for parole. Can't. I know that they, you can put it in their commissary, obviously, but can they also just keep it for whenever they get out? I don't know how Depending that works. I don't okay. know how that works. I'm just saying, like, at 16, she was able to manipulate someone into killing for her. Yeah, that's Imagine what gnarly. she can do now at 42. Right. Or in another five years when she, if she gets out. Right. People who manipulate don't just stop doing that. Yeah, they find a, a, they get some sort of reward out of it, so they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And she was able to manipulate someone at 16 to murder someone for her. Yeah. She should have just not killed someone. She'd actually probably be like a CEO now or something. Probably. Yeah. Or a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Anything productive besides murdering somebody else. Yeah. So I... I don't think Chrissy should be out of jail, but Bobby should be out of jail. I don't think he should still be in jail. Bobby was a kid. He thought he was protecting someone he loved. He made a mistake. He is remorseful. And he is stuck in prison. And he has been an adult prison since he was 15 years old. Yeah. And if you watch the episode about him, you can see it. You can see he's remorseful. I don't think that Chrissy's remorseful, especially given those pictures. <laughs> I mean, you can say she can be remorseful and she's just having fun in prison. I'm sorry. Fun in prison? I'm not having fun in the outside world. Is that where I need to go to have fun? Right. Lock me the fuck up. <laughs> Like, that's not the point of prison. Like, <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, I actually do have experience with kids in the juvenile detention system. Um, and they're not bad kids. Um, there are some kids that are bad kids. Um, I think that there are some kids that actually commit such heinous crimes and heinous murders that should be locked up for the rest of their lives because if you let them go or let them continue to be free, they will continue what they're doing um, and continue to be serial killers. I mean, you just, there are just some people that are wired that way, but most of these kids are not. That is like a minuscule, like one, two percent type situation. 
those are kids that have started very young, um, probably cutting up animals and things, but I don't think there should be laws that are blanket across the board for juveniles. I think that that should be taken on a case by case basis. Um, I don't think that you should say this kid committed murder. They need to be locked up indefinitely because look at Bobby. Oh, yeah. Bobby committed murder, but Bobby was manipulated into committing murder. Um, Also, like I said, I was binge watching that show. There are other people with other situations that I was like, you got to let them out, man. It's just not right. Um. And a lot of kids in the juvenile de- juvenile system, the things they've done, even the ones that aren't murder, just other petty crimes, it's because they're just seeking attention. And they've never received positive attention in their lives. That's not a thing for them. All they know is the negative attention. And when they do something wrong... Then they get attention from someone. If it's not their parents, it's their teachers. If it's not the teachers, it's law enforcement. No matter who it is, someone gives them attention for what they did. And also there's a lot of times there's a history of being in the system in their families. So whether it's their mom or their dad or their grandparents or their aunts or their uncles... So it's not something that's wrong, abnormal, or something they shouldn't do because there's so many people in their family that's already in the system that it's like, what? This is just what we do. And so it's not a big deal. Right. It's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, also, they want people to fear them. And being in the detention center or committing a crime means people are going to be afraid of them or they should fear them or it gives them some sort of clout in their little unformed brains. And and that sounds stupid to us adults. Like, I think that sounds completely stupid, but in their brains, it's not stupid. Right. Um, so I volunteered at a juvenile detention center um, and... It's really was like one of the most rewarding and eye-opening experiences I've ever had in my life. And I had so many like situations and experiences and things that happened to me that I will never forget. Like this happened more than 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And I will, there are certain things that I just won't, I just will never forget. And so one of the things that happened is I, every time I was there, I would be in a different little, they called them pods where I was at. And one day I was with the boys and they were in the gym playing basketball and we were moving them from the gym back to their, where they slept. And, um, they obviously like in a regular jail, they have to be counted, patted down, make sure they're fine. So the actual person that worked there was like, here, holding the handcuffs. I'm going to have you watch the door, stand in front of the door. And I'm like, Cool, cool, right, all right. I'm this guy now, okay. So here I am, standing in front of the door, holding the handcuffs. I'm the last line of, fence, of defense in case one of these boys decides to run, right? 
And I'm like, great. So one of these little, one of these little shitheads yells out, hey, aren't you scared to be in here with us? And let me tell you, these kids, they smell fear. All right. They're oh, like, yeah. They're like dogs. They smell oh, fear. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't skip a beat. I didn't say nothing. I mean, just immediate response. I just looked at him and I said, no, why would I be scared of you? And um, he goes, I'm in here for assault. Are you scared now? Remember when I said they smell fear? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we going to do this? I go, you're like three feet tall. I'm not scared of you. I'm pretty sure I could take you. <laughs> so then you could hear all the other boys going, oh, man. That's awesome. So we get back to the pod, right? And that's when I got invited to play Bones with all the boys. Ah, shit. <laughs> Bones in it up. Did you win anything? No, but then they started telling me about, like, I got a baby and, you know, and I got to hear all about their lives on the outside. And then you looked at me and you're like, how old are you? Yeah, I'm like... Honey, bro. Oh no, you know. And yeah. I have stories about being with the girls. The girls were a, hot, a whole lot harder to break. Yes, they yeah. would not speak to me. Period. End of story. Yeah. And then they found out that my boyfriend at the time was Mexican. Oh, and that, did they start to open up to you? Oh yeah, I was cool then. Okay, got it. Yeah. So I mean, this yeah, is like- how these kids' minds work. They don't understand what they're doing and the reasons why they're doing them they're not adults like they think that you should be afraid of them because they've done something bad or like i assaulted someone you should be afraid of me even though you're an adult you yeah. know what i mean yeah like, it's like their way of proving themselves in the world and, and almost like proving and then the the affirmations they get back from like the other kids like hell yeah man you're in here for assault oh shit i'm in here for this it's like mine's i'm a badass like you you know like we're all cool together or whatever yeah. but in all actuality they're just scared kids they're just terrified and they're reacting to terrible situations like you said and probably their home lives some people may have been physically mentally sexually assaulted as children and they didn't have the best upbringing, or like you said, yeah, there actually are some in there that should absolutely be in there. Like half the serial killers we've talked about on this podcast could have probably benefited by staying inside juvie or a mental health institute because they just were who they were when they were born. So that's so fascinating. Like I always wondered about those facilities because I've also heard that they're actually wildly unregulated. Like, so a lot of crazy shit happens in juvie. So the one I was at, um, it was very, I mean, strict. You did this, you did that. You know, there was nothing bad going on. Um, And it was a county-run facility. And these kids were there. 48 hours max to see the judge and then they were either let go or transferred to the state estate facility Mm -hmm. for their to 
serve out their sentencing if they were sentenced to actually time that needed to be served. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, so it's just, it's something that I think a lot of people, if they had the opportunity that I had to go in there and see these kids and spend time with them and talk to them because, you know, I had that experience with them, but I had a lot of other experiences of sitting down and talking to these kids and getting to know them. They would take away that they're bad kids. Most people think these kids are bad kids. Mm-hmm, right. And they're not. Right. Yeah. They're really not. Yeah. You know, they're reacting to a bad situation that they're put in a lot of times. And like you said, like, so what if they're getting negative attention? It's attention. It, it, someone's noticing me and maybe they'll see it's actually a cry for help. And because again, their brains aren't developed enough to say always. And they, they weren't maybe even taught when you're hurting, you need to tell someone, right? Like, yep. Hey, I'm upset because of this. So what do they do? They lash out. Yep. Because when they lash out, when they do something wrong, when they assault someone, when they steal something, when they don't go to school and the police track them down or the school tracks them down for truancy, people are looking for them. People are noticing them. People are finding them. People are paying attention to them. People are mad at them. That's all attention. But you know what happens when they go to school? You know what happens when they get good grades? You know what happens when they sit in the classroom quietly? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything to them. Nothing. No yep. one says, good job. Thank you for going to school today. You did amazing. So therefore, nobody's paying attention to them. So they go do all the bad things that gets them attention. Right. And like, it, even if it, if you're missing and someone's looking for you, to you, you're like, wow, somebody actually cares. Mm-hmm. Even if it is literally the police, you know, but you're right. I mean, and honestly, sometimes just even being able to get your, yourself into a school building is an entire process for some kids because they don't have bus money and then they live really far from school and they may have to work. They may have to work. That's what people don't realize too is, yeah, child labor is technically illegal, but if you're the only one who can provide for your family... You're going to figure it out. You're going to have a fake ID or something like that, or you'll do, or you'll do drug deals on the side, or you'll do crappy shit because you need to provide for your family. I mean, it's, there's this whole, it's nuanced in other words, right? Mm -hmm. And this is also another really, this is why juvenile records are sealed is because at least that part of our justice system understands that these are just children doing stupid, terrible things that they have no idea what they're doing. And you can make one poor decision as a child and learn from it and be an adult that leans a quote-unquote normal life in society that you don't want to be punished for that one poor choice you made as a child. Exactly How many of us did some fucked up shit as a kid you just didn't get caught for? Oh my God. Exactly right. Lord knows I fucking did. Yeah, same. Well, and the other thing here is there's also, and let's just be making sure that, you know, the victims here aren't going unnoticed by any means. We also understand that murder is never the answer. We understand that, like, no, obviously this is the most extreme 
reaction to, you know, Chrissy not getting what she wanted. And so she's like, I'm going to figure out a way to get what I want. And it's like, okay, we all don't like our moms, okay? I mean, We she, all don't like our moms as teenagers, okay? Yeah, so. nobody likes their mom as a teenager. I, get over it, hon. As much as I love to say, like, me and my pod daughter, we, like, got along great and we had, like, a great relationship, that's my side of the story. I'm sure there were plenty of times she went and texted her friends or called her friends and was like, I hate my mom. She's terrible. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So obviously there are plenty of kids out there that don't murder their parents because they're pissed off. So she had her reaction. But no, that's that's a really good perspective. I'm glad you shared that. Thanks. Yeah. That, that's a crazy story. Let's 2027. Yes, 2027. Ugh, I hope they get out, or I, I bet hope if he we, gets out. I bet if we wrote Christine, she'd write back. Oh, absolutely. I don't know, though. She's looking for a gentleman. She is bisexual. She's bisexual, so maybe. That's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ah, so, I have a clarification question for you. Is it treasure or treasured child? Treasure. Treasure, with no D. No D. Okay, just making sure. Cool. Treasure child. Like you find a piece of treasure. Yes. Like the Goonies. Yes. I saw what you did there. Don't worry. I didn't do it on purpose. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> so today's treasure child, um, we're going to talk about our true crime mother, Mariska Hargitay, the queen of Law & Order SVU. Yes. Mariska Hargitay. Do you know why I chose her? Uh, yeah, no, because she's not a child. She, everybody's somebody's child, hun. Okay. <laughs> Let's just... All right. Here's why I chose her, though. There is a very specific reason. Okay. Mar- Mariska was born into Hollywood royalty on January 23rd, 1964 in Los Angeles, California to Mr. Universe, Mickey Hargitay. He was a Hungarian-born bodybuilder. Um... And I've seen one of his movies. I think it was like Hercules. He was a strapping young man. He I'll was tell Hercules? You. Yeah, he was like in nineteen in the 1950s and 60s. He played Hercules. Do you remember that little boy, the child Hercules? His parents like made him work out and be all buff. Oh, I thought you meant the Ryan Gosling um, TV show. I was like, hell yeah, I remember young Hercules. No, um, yes, I do remember that kid. That was weird. It was very odd. That's... That feels like abuse, you know? Yeah, me too. Mm. I I think so too. So she was born to Mickey Hargitay and Jane Mansfield. Does that sound familiar at all to you? Yeah, but I don't know who it is. Okay, let me give you a... I I had a feeling, so I put this in here. Do you know the blonde from the photo of Sophia Loren where she's looking down at her boobs at a table? No. Like they're all sitting around this beautiful table you know, having dinner at some fancy Hollywood whatever, whatever. And Jane Mansfield has very large boobs. And, um, yeah, she's sitting there. Here, let me pull it up for you so you can see. But she was a famous Hollywood bombshell blonde actress. Um, and she was obviously known for a lot of her, like, sexy, you know, portrayals in movies. Now, again... I don't know if at if she wanted to portray the sexy blonde, 
I'm going to say the word bimbo because that's kind of the oh, portrayal. Oh, this bitch next to her is like... Sophia Loren. The fuck? Yeah, she's like, girl, your, your titties is out. <laughs> yeah. But you notice how Jane's like, yeah, and? Hmm. So anyway, that's Jane Mansfield. But she was a great actress. I actually... She was in a movie with Mickey Hargitay, the one. I actually watched that one. Mm-hmm. And um, she was great. I actually wish they didn't pigeonhole her like they did a lot of women at the time who were very attractive into just only sexy roles. Oh, God. That kid. That's not normal. That's not normal. Ew. Um, because she had a lot to offer. I think she would have been a really good dramatic actress as well. So Mariska was the youngest daughter of Jane and Mickey Hargitay. They got shortly divorced after uh, Mariska was born and she also had a couple half siblings from both mom and father's side they both got married and divorced multiple times you know it's it's Hollywood so Mariska's mom however Jane Mansfield died in a tragic car accident on June 29th 1967 when her car hit the back of a trailer truck on her way from New Orleans to Biloxi Mississippi Jane was not driving instead they had a driver and a three-year-old Mariska and two of her half-siblings were sleeping in the back seat while Jane and her lawyer were also in the car. So from what I can tell, if the three kids are in the back seat sleeping, it sounds like the three adults are in the front. And remember, this is like before bucket seats, so it was like big old long seat. Oh, the bench seat. Bench seat, yeah. So that's my guess. And from the photos of the accident, I can see exactly why Jane Mansfield died. So... Jane died, her lawyer died, Um, Jane was seeing him at the time, and the driver died, but Mariska and her other siblings were only injured um, from the accident. Mariska was three years old at the time. So, not starting off great for her to actually be in the accident that killed her own mother. Very formative experience, obviously, even at three, you know, you just don't want to ever have to experience that. And um, it was a really interesting story about her death as well. I kind of dove into it because I was like, hey, wait, what? So let's reel back in time a little bit. Back in the day, even before us and right when I was very young, they used to go around spraying for mosquitoes. Oh, the skater truck. The skater fog trucks. Yep. Deet. It was fucking deet, dude. Like poisonous gases being pumped into the air to kill bed bugs and mosquitoes and whatever else right and sure shit it worked i don't bed bug outbreaks have gone way up since we've stopped doing it i'm not saying we should be doing it i'm just saying it definitely worked but <laughs> i mean we yeah. didn't have the bed bug problem that we do now yeah but so uh, this is what happened they're driving late at night it was not many lights on the road it was a very dark road there was a Fog truck, you know, spraying right ahead of him, and he they sprayed right at the exact moment as Jane's car was reaching the tractor, the trailer truck, mm-hmm. so they didn't see it, and they hit it. It was literally one of those like split second things that happened. To then, it's insane. It was the craziest. I was like, "What? This is like a movie," <laughs> you know. So, um, the reason I'm doing her is because of. Her affiliation with a lot of things that we talk about, Mariska. So 
Mariska actually competed in beauty pageants as a younger woman and was crowned Miss Beverly Hills in 1982. Oh my God. I no. know. I know. And then competed for Miss California and she actually came in fourth. So not bad. Beauty pageants. I know. We could do a whole episode on that. Her and her other siblings were, after the accident, sent to live with her dad, Mickey, and his third wife, Ellen, and were raised by them for her, all her formative years. A lot of people, obviously, throughout her acting career, her whole life, compared her to her mom, you know, and at 18, she even said, my dad was Mr. Universe, so it'd be fun for me to be Miss Universe. So she's already, like, dismantling the patriarchy <laughs> back in the day, like, yeah, why can't I be a bodybuilder? Why are you assuming... I have to be this bombshell actress like my mother was, you know? And of her mother's death, she said, quote, there's a hole in my life that won't ever be filled. I will never get over it. I will always be a girl who lost her mom. And that's, that's, that's hard. That's so sad. I know. So then in 1980, she started getting small parts in Hollywood like most people do. Um, like Freddy's Nightmare is a Nightmare on, on, on Elm Street, the series. Uh, Baywatch, In the Heat of the Night, and Ellen. Um, and heads up guys, Ellen had like a sitcom before she had the talk show. So this yeah, was the sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never really liked Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. She's funny though. She's got a like a very quick wit, but yeah, she's a very serious person. You can tell like on the inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, she's not. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. So then Mariska kept working and in the mid nineties, she even auditioned for the audition for the role of Elaine on the show Seinfeld. Obviously didn't get it, but yeah. I thought that was interesting. Eventually Dick Wolf started developing his new show, Law and Order SVU, Special Victims Unit, which aired in spring of 1999. I can't believe that. Oh my God. That's like, 23 years. Wow. Yeah, dude. So she auditioned for the lead detective, Olivia Benson. And what was interesting about it is that they had the male lead and the female lead auditioning at the exact same time. It makes sense, though, because they have to have chemistry. Mm -hmm. And of course, Dick Wolf personally chose her and Christopher Maloney because of their chemistry for Stabler and Benson. And my God, I am... I love those two together. I just, it's the best two detectives on TV. The chemistry, the, they just, I don't know. I just love it. And I love Christopher Maloney. I think he's a great actor. He's been a lot of good stuff too. So yeah. So they both got the part personally picked by the creators of the show. Um, and in real life, they actually are friends, which is even better. Like turns out they're just real human beings. And what, also was interesting is Mariska actually did her homework for the part of Olivia Benson because, you know, she's supposed to be a person who's trained to deal with rape survivors. Right. And so she actually trained as a rape crisis advocate before the show aired. Like, so she put in the work. She's been playing Olivia Benson since 1999, 23 seasons, as you heard. And in 2013, she got her star on the Walk of Fame next to her mother's. Oh, I know. I thought that was really nice. And obviously, while she's an incredible actress, she's also an incredible person because she doesn't just play a person who helps rape victims on TV. She actually does help rape victims, survivors in real life. 
Mariska Hargitay founded the Joyful Heart Foundation, which is a, quote, leading national organization with a mission to transform society's response to sexual assault, domestic violence, and child abuse, support survivors' healing, and end this violence forever. Her charity even showed up on an episode of SVU called Personal Fouls in 2011 to address male sexual abuse in their engaging men efforts because men are way less likely to report rape than women. This effort was to help end the stigma among men about rape and reporting it. Right. Joyful Heart is also helping end the rape kit testing backlog called End the Backlog to partner with state and local governments, nonprofits, advocates, survivors, and law enforcement to get all rape test kits tested and investigate and prosecute the offenders. Her foundation was founded because, quote, she received hundreds and thousands of letters and emails from survivors disclosing their stories of abuse, many for the first time, and she wanted to answer, really answer those letters to address the suffering they described and honor the acts of courage they represented. So she founded the Joyful Heart Foundation, which uh, there will be links on our website, on our blog, that basically is trying to end the whole cycle of abuse. So, and the end the backlog, I mean, come on, that's necessary. That just blows my mind. It, it's insane. Like, um, yeah, you were raped, but I'm sorry, we're not going to test this. Because they don't have the funding. What? I'm sorry. What do you mean you don't have the funding to find this piece of trash who did this to another human being? You better find it. Because Bob needs overtime. I guess. I mean, who cares, right? So that's why she's my treasured child is because she portrays this person, Olivia Benson, who is helping survivors of, you know, sexual assault, but she's also doing it in real life. She is Olivia Benson. She is this person in as much as she can be to help these people. It's incredible. Do you think she's played her for so many years that she's just morphed into her? I think so. Yeah. I think that also, I think Olivia Benson is her now, you know, where a lot of times players have, or, or actors have to play against type. To mm-hmm. play the person, I think it's m- more her than than not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, her also having that piece of history with Jane Mansfield, I was, like, blown away by, by that. Um, I remember reading about it in the past, but I didn't really dive deep into it. But um, I thought you might find that was interesting. Yeah. So Mariska Good. Hargitay out there making a difference. Good job. We love you, Mariska. Plus, her name's fun to say. Isn't it? (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.